Thank you for listening to the Patrick Ely podcast. It's for entertainment purposes only. It's not financial or health advice. It's 9.30 at night in the orchard. It's really dark. The bugs are really loud. My dog just got finished gnawing on a bone. Actually, she just wandered back out for around two, it looks like. If the world's ending, I can't see it from here. It'll probably take a while to get out to the islands. We're having a hard time manufacturing stable jobs, and I thought of a solution. We should build more zoos. We need more zoo personnel. That's a timeless profession. Caging animals against their will to be put on display in environments that are foreign to theirs. When I lived in Chicago, they had a really nice zoo. It was on the east side of a wealthy neighborhood called Lincoln Park. As the neighborhood met the lake, there was an actual park with gardens and fountains, walkways, and green spaces. And within that park was a zoo. So it was free for anyone that lived there. And you could wander in and out of it. It was a zoo that was truly immersive. And people could have lunch right in front of the zebras. During the holidays, they put Christmas lights along the pathways and in the monkey house. And people could bring cocktails in there until late at night and enjoy all of the beauty and the cuteness of the animals. And with all the things they did, there were still animals suffering in cages that looked miserable. I know, I'm just kidding. A lot of zoos only adopt animals that wouldn't otherwise survive in the wild, and they somehow route funding into protecting natural habitats. Many of them are doing service. I think some of them are involved in research into the health of these animals and their populations. But it has got to suck to be a lion in a zoo in Minnesota. You're not set up for two feet of snow. And there you are. No sunshine in sight. Just being in the zoo. I wonder where the zoos began. I could Google it, but I don't want to make all that background noise. I was talking to a friend of mine. He was talking to a friend of his at a online finance and business move, news company. The company had gone through near failure three times already. One during the dot-com crash, again during real estate crash and again when investors pulled out due to poor management. Each time this company had gotten too big for its britches in an effort to drive the public stock price up, they would constantly add more and more divisions and more and more subpar material, subsequently taking on more and more employees with the money that the, the stock would raise when expectations were raised. Now that the supply chain was disrupted and inflation was big and people couldn't necessarily afford as many subscriptions, it was a perfect storm as the market began to crash and the stock lost so much value that they couldn't keep paying their employees. Now, the friend of my friend was expecting to get laid off because what the pattern was was senior management got removed each time the company almost failed, historically, and he was now senior management. I had just read a couple of articles about the same situations in other public companies. 
as the stock prices get slashed, think Zoom. I think Zoom traded at $500 at one point a share, and it went down to about 90 might be $88 right now. They don't have the ability to employ they once did. Those jobs have to go. And internet, internet cloud-based jobs are already scarce because there's competition from people in other countries. Security is more scarce because due to that competition, freelance work is acceptable to more and more people. Whether they're desperate or they just live in a place where the cost of living means it makes sense to have the sporadic nature of freelancing, it's been on the rise. And what that does for people in America is it lowers their ability to get credit, to take on debt. And debt is how people do everything in America. People buy houses on debt. Companies are started on debt. The government runs on debt. So it's been a concerning trend for some economists. Another friend of mine was talking about trying to time selling his house. But he also really didn't want to move. He was trying to figure out if he was happy enough where he was to stay through what he felt was an inevitable housing market crash. And wait for it to come back up again in value, like from 2008, 2009 to today, where if you'd held on to your property even through a crash, you would have ended up making substantial profits. At the same time, a thousand-foot home in Oakland on the outskirts of downtown costs $850,000. And it's not just California. Florida is now the most expensive place to live. The desirable places in America are becoming too expensive for any working class folks to own property. So they either have to perpetuate their debt renting or they simply can't live there. Value is so skewed it feels like the country's at a crossroads. And if we don't build more zoos so we can have more zookeepers and lion tamers and people to feed the monkeys, we might run out of jobs. Jobs that have insurance and pay scale for the area. My buddy and I talked about how while wages are going up at what's considered relatively high rates, so is the cost of living. But month after month, the cost of living is outpacing wage growth, which means even though people think they're making more money, they're actually getting poorer by the month. It would be a while, but one of the causes for an eventual crash could be that People simply get priced out of being able to afford their home. It wasn't that a balloon mortgage made them have a bigger and bigger payment. It, it was that costs for taking care of their kids, filling up their car with gas, or buying electricity. The upfront expenses of having to buy would have become incredibly expensive new cars or go to an unexpected hospital visit with the wrong insurance. These things could all add up to people not being able to afford a mortgage that when they purchased the house, they thought they would be able to. And a lot of people have put a lot of equity into their homes, moving from cities out to rural areas where they understandably had the thought, well, look how much house I could get for what I was going to pay in the city. And instead of thinking, all right, what exactly do I need and how much money can I save compared to what I was going to pay in the city? The world's a funny place where what we inherently need to be is just sustainable is inherently a failed way of life anytime humans get together and try to do it. 
like, say, in communism. We do capitalism here in the United States. It's welfare capitalism, but it's still capitalism. And for every argument against it, there's a counter-argument. I don't know what's right or wrong. But what I do know is that in capitalism, you need to sell. You need to produce and sell. You need to create value to your consumers, and you need to keep selling to keep existing. Public companies are judged on their ability to increase profits year over year. Not to have a great effect on the environment, not to make people happy, not to treat their employees better and better. They're supposed to grow. Ford can't be like, we need to make enough cars for everybody in America who needs one, and we need to make them so they last. And then make a whole bunch of cars for five years, look at their numbers and say, Okay, there are enough cars in circulation from Ford. Our job is done. Now we're going to not make any until we come out with an entirely new model with everything upgraded and better and have it at a life cycle where people's vehicles are starting to fail as far as dependability and they're ready for a new one. And then we'll recycle parts. They can't say to their workers, Okay, we're not going to need you for three years except for about 10% of the staff so you guys can go home. We're not going to pay you. But we appreciate you and we expect you to come back when it's time to make more cars. They also couldn't say, hey, we're going to pay you with money we don't have from cash flow we don't have because we don't need to make any more cars. Nope. They need to supply as many jobs as they can sustain and do that year round, year after year. They have to create a business model that keeps that assembly line pumping. And in order for a community surrounding American industry to thrive, it's got to keep pumping for decades. No, so we need to keep making stuff at scale. At least for now. And every time there's an experiment with just giving people free money, something seems to go wrong. Usually has to do with human instinct. Look at communism. It's all really confusing. It's a shame we can't just provide people with the necessities of a modest place to live food and health care seems like people will take advantage of that system at least there's probably too much fear for people to vote to experiment with that system a lot of smart people think that all the talk of oh these are terrible times and this seems unique is just part of the cycle and the market will be back to new highs again and America will have figured it out again they're not concerned at all they're buying in the stock market right now. I think you have, if you have money to throw away, the stock market looks great. It's proven. Those stable coins that were supposed to always match the dollar and be backed by dollars, so they were stable. Well, I think Luna is now worth less than a thousandth of a penny. It happened in a matter of months. I think Tether is something like 20 cents. So that they've been exploited to not be stable. Everything but Bitcoin seems to be having problems. And Bitcoin has lost about two-thirds of its value. I've been around the agricultural industry a lot recently. And there are aspects of it that look terrible. And there are aspects of it that look pretty appealing. At least they're moving around something real. And it's been proven that we need it for hundreds of years. I feel bad for encyclopedia salesmen. They were one of the only people actually selling knowledge. Now it's all gone. Nobody needs their books. 
Anybody selling any collection of books had to find a new career over the last couple decades. I wonder how many door-to-door booksellers committed suicide during this century so far. I don't know if we build more zoos, get nuclear power rolling, let the forest just burn down, and just elect whoever's in office in Seattle into federal government positions like president. I think it'll all work out.